Hey, I'm George Chen. And I'm Paco Romain. And you're listening to SupDoc. On SupDoc, we talk to interesting people with strong opinions about their favorite docs. Today, we're going to be talking about the 1981 documentary of Muppets and Men. Of Muppets and Men is a behind-the-scene look at the making of the seminal comedy show, The Muppet Show. So, right now, John Schauble. Hi. Hey, guys. Hi, John. Hey. Welcome to San Francisco. I'm so happy to be here. Uh, love I here. love your beret. Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I wear it in a jaunty fashion. You do to the side. Your San Francisco beret. They're lying. There's no hats. Come <laughs> on, George. Uh, thank you for coming. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having Sup me. Doc. This is the third podcast I've ever done. Well, you're really good at it. I thanks. Yeah. I'm, uh, you know, working. Yeah. What were the other hard. two? Well, who was our competition? One was Mr. Matt O'Brien. Oh, I yeah, did yeah. his rehash podcast. I don't know if he still does that. He's um, a funny guy. He's a great guy. I love that guy. Um, it's a Vine one of the podcast. Best. No, it's a twi- it's a Twitter podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea that he just does a podcast on Vine. <laughs> he do- he uh, his Vines just are great though. Getting just getting away from it, but he does like so much. He has like a a talk show that he does, like a five minute talk show that he does on the subway, which is really funny too. Oh, wow! <laughs> so he just interviews someone like in front of like a mother of two, like it's pretty funny. Um, and then I did uh, my friend John Shevsky's podcast, which has yet to be released, called gotcha. Three Headed Beast. Two Headed oh. Beast, Three Headed Beast. Is that the name? Of, does the name have the question mark in it like that? Uh, no, that's my oh. it's in my intonation uh, because gotcha. I can't remember what it was called. <laughs> Are we the first American podcast you've done? No, John's would have been the first one. Oh, is this the first podcast you've done in my living room? I actually did Matt O'Brien's podcast, <laughs> oddly enough, in, <laughs> in Paco's living room. <laughs> we that broke. Guy. You, did you not wonder why the door was kicked in? That <laughs> I one was wondering. I was wondering why there was fresh maple syrup all over the place. <laughs> Everything's sticky in here. <laughs> it's super sticky. That's We're getting some weird stereotypes right now. <laughs> Just Berets, maple. Just and... to establish, John is a... Canadian. Oh, well, yeah, he is Canadian. Yeah. Welcome to America. Born and raised. I've almost been here for three years now. Three oh. years in August. Well, you're basically American. I'm, right? But tell the government that. <laughs> yeah, yes, we'll try to tell. We have a lot of diplomatic ties, this podcast. Finally. Um, so we, meaning you, mm-hmm. picked what documentary for us to watch? Uh, it's called Of Muppets and Men. Mm-hmm. It's from. It was from 1962. Two, I think. Uh, no, no. Am I not even close? <laughs> no, I think nineteen eighty one. Was it? Yeah. Oh, sorry. I I watched so much Muppet stuff in lieu of that. Um, I, I think, think you're killing George. By the I've, way, <laughs> yeah. Like your your anachronisms are killing me. <laughs> Coughs, laughs. I'll take whatever noise. I, I knew can Canada get. was a little bit behind. But come on. <laughs> um, what, I thought they made it during the second year of the Muppet Show. The fifth year? Fifth season. Fifth season, yeah. but it started in 62? 76 is what I saw on Wikipedia is when Oof. The Muppet Show came out. Muppet Show started in 76, and this was made in 81. Oh, yeah. Sorry, no, because 69 was when Sesame Street started. Yeah. Was when they stopped doing the test shows. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Maybe? Yeah, that makes sense. Either sure. way, uh, I loved it. You're an expert on The Muppets. <laughs> That's what we're trying to get to. I'm not about the dates. I'm all about the felt. Yeah. Um. So I just want to say that I love the fact that you picked this because a define the one of the defining shows of my life was the Muppet Show. It's it's the best clean comedy I think. Yeah, it's so it's childish, but there's like there's violence and sarcasm and just like Kermit the Frog. If you watch him, is the most sarcastic, Super almost sarcastic. almost to the point of being really rude all the time. Yeah, well, he's got a show to run. Yeah, <laughs> he's a showrunner. He doesn't have time for that. <laughs> if honestly, we. We are all closest to Fozzie Bear, I think, yes. in a comedic sense. <laughs> and if anyone had to deal with us, I would assume that they would be very mad all the time. Yeah, I would think so. I'm closest to a gelfling of anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that makes sense. Deep cut. Yeah. But, uh, the yeah, so you chose this documentary, which is made by them, basically. It's a behind the scenes about the making of the TV show, which uh, I didn't realize how many people, how international the staff was. Yeah. There's a lot of... One thing I was doing a little digging, I didn't realize that Frank Oz was born in England and his parents were puppeteers. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he they emigrated to Oakland. So he grew up in Oakland. Oh, I didn't oh, know that's that. cool. this crazy Local. thing. Like Frank Oz got... It was had comes from puppetry lineage. Huh. He's like a second generation puppeteer. Wow! And then he joined up with Henson when he was nineteen. And he didn't. He didn't even want to be a puppeteer. He wanted to be. He wanted to be a journalist. And then he wa- And then he ended up doing a lot of directing, which he kind of 
fell into and liked, I think, a little bit more mm-hmm. than doing puppetry. I didn't know that. I didn't. I love Frank Oz. The guy's a freaking genius. I mean, Jim Henson, obviously, genius. It's whenever anyone asks me to like that's the who who could you have dinner with, living or dead? Question. It's Jim Henson, hands down, every single time. Uh-huh. I would, I can't even imagine picking that guy's brain and like just getting inside his head. It would be so interesting. Henson, right? yeah. Um, I mean, I I think watching their dynamic together, just that first scene in the in the dock is them doing Kermit and Fozzie. And I just realized, like, that it's so... it's It gets me because it's a little bit like... That should be, like, you know, like Mel Brooks and Carl Reiner. You know? Yeah, like They're just, like... They're such, they're such, like, buddies. Yeah. And they do all this stuff together. It's it's the core of it is those guys. Because also they were Bert and Ernie. Yeah. Before it, this even happened. It, they were Bert and Ernie. It's, pu- it's puppetry odd couple mm-hmm. is essentially what their dynamic is, which makes it... It works in on every level, I think. Oh wow! It's you have one straight guy yeah. and one goofy guy, and you can do you can do whatever you want. That, with that. is the like cornerstone of duo comedy. Yes, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. It's any uh, all the Marx Brothers put together, I guess. Yes, <laughs> I really Tim know. and Eric. You know the classics. Yeah, all the yeah. all the classic formats of yeah, US. exactly. But I think because I'm not on it. Like this show is about documentaries and I'm not the biggest documentary fan in general. This show is over. Yeah. <laughs> I, <laughs> I will, I will qualify it though. But, uh, the, the reason is, and the reason why I picked this one is because I think overall that I find documentaries to shed a negative light on things. Hmm. Um, when you look at, like you look at something like blackfish or food Inc. Right. It's just, hey, these things are bad. This is th- what they're doing is wrong. Like anything, like sort of anti-government or anti-like commerce, mm-hmm. uh, whatever. But this one was just it was a behind-the-scenes look at essentially a family at work, and I, I loved the fact that Jim Henson kept talking about everything he said was positive. Yeah. Every every person was an like an integral part of the show and part of the family as he kept calling it. And I think I think that's what I like about a documentary that can uh that can go behind the scenes but in a positive way. I think Sure. Right. Well you also don't see we were talking about this on a previous podcast about the documentary comedian. Mm-hmm. You don't see a lot of documentaries that are behind the scenes kind of how does the show get put together what are the machinations what is what are the mechanisms that yeah are behind that that was a, that was one of the best things is to sh- when they were showing all the wide shots of them underneath the so puppets cool. or yeah. frank oz inside of a couch like that's the stuff you never see you will no. ne- you unless you're on the set there's no way you would ever ever see that yeah and that's interesting it's definitely not an expose you know it's like from the the internal perspective that's one thing with seinfeld too and it's like the the subject is also like i'm the producer of it it's a different type of thing that's what came up with the chic also yeah like they're not trying to be gotcha journalism at all uh and it's also like who wants to look at the dark side of the muppets i feel like (laughs) the dark side has all happened since he passed away i feel yeah oh yeah Yeah. i can't well that's the thing is like frank oz leaving and then other people taking over and just changing i think the way things were i wonder what the dark side would be in there i don't i don't even know if you could like how is there a dark side to the children's television workshop? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's got to be some. Well, there's another there's, documentary about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. There's 12 bound, minutes. Anytime you have a creative group together, there are political infights and there's dark sides. But, like, they just seem like such lovely hippies. Yeah. You know, Jim Henson is so soft-spoken, so beautiful in the way he gave people their props, like you're saying, so positive. And also, the man wore shirts that had ties that were made out of the same material yeah i mean that person's never a bad person no which was so i started watching a behind the sesame street thing and it was so funny because um, when the children's television workshop brought in henson he walked in like shirtless in a leather vest with sandals on (laughs) and they thought that he was like a unabomber (laughs) until they were like no this is the puppeteer that we want to work with he was shirtless with just a vest on yeah they they, well they were just like he walked in with a leather vest wow so i don't know i feel (laughs) like like in 2015 We treat puppeteers as a lower class citizen for sure, like in yeah. the realm of like mimes and prop comics. Yeah, like I, mm. I, 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 that I don't see new people doing much puppet stuff. I know, like I know it's a Bay Area. There's probably a mime and a puppet, and they're kicking around that somewhere, are like around, and they would take offense to this. But I think like it's considered. 
uh, to be a hacky form in this day and age. I think like there must have been, and he's not really doing ventriloquism. I think that's the main distinction. Well, I was going to yes, that's what I was the point I was just going to make. There's a distinction between ventriloquism and puppeteering. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, the Muppets were definitely pup. Puppeteering, yeah. It's I, I think that the main difference is because for ventriloquism, you have to create a character other than yourself. But for puppeteering, that Jim Henson, they said that Kermit was just an extension of who he was, just maybe a little bit more brash, right? Yeah. So he got to put all of himself into this character, whereas yeah, you uh, you have to create something else that's not you, that's uh, that's totally outside you that you can play off of. So did, let's let's go to let's go back. So did you grow up watching the Muppets? Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. Fraggle Rock probably for, or I guess Sesame Street probably first, and then Fraggle Rock, and then really got into the Muppets and the Caper and Take Manhattan and then, oh the movies. Yeah, yeah. the I my still to this day probably my favorite movie of all times is called Muppet Family Christmas. You guys ever seen that one? Yes. I think so. Who, who's Scrooge in that? Is it? A- no, not the Christmas Carol, oh. which I also really like. That was actually a reboot that Brian Henson did after they oh. tried to reboot it after Jim Henson died, and I think that's the best one of the Brian Henson era. But uh, Muppet Family Christmas was um, well, it was probably in the eighties, and it was um, so basically all the Muppets go to Fozzie's mom's house, like her farmhouse, nice. and then they uh, like go there for Christmas. Uh, and then um, they find all of Sesame Street caroling, so they come into the house, and then they go downstairs, and Fraggle Rock is down there. Oh, it's a so crossover. Ev- it's every, it's el- all of them everywhere was all the time. Was Fonzie on this, too? I, he should have been. Should, there, yeah. there was only one human, and it was Doc from Fraggle Rock. Oh, wow. Just one person, yeah. Was oh, wow, that's and then the Gelfling showed up. And then, <laughs> I, I wish that I wish that they would have had. Yeah, I wish that they would have had that. And then all the labyrinth guys show up, and Yoda walks in with a David Bowie sings the night before Christmas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so growing up in Canada, Muppets were on the air on on just like children's television. Yeah, well, we have uh, was PBS pro- public broadcasting system. So, well, um, yeah, so we had. And we also had our own specific, I think I was talking to you about this before, George, about we had our own specific Canadian version of Sesame Street called Sesame Park, oh. where it was um, a couple different characters, but they would play it, they would intercut it with a Sesame Street episode or play it right after, and they would teach you like the French counting and French letters oh, wow. and things like that. Mm-hmm. So there were, oh, what was his name? Your weird way you guys do division. That's totally different than how we do it. There's division. no way that is accurate. What? How do we how do, do division? Do, we, we, we'll draw it out later. We're, the Canadian not, division. Not good for a podcast. It's We're not going to make sense. You guys want to see some long division, right? <laughs> in, Please put in the comments. Instead of the brackets, you guys have hockey sticks. I think that's what. It, that's what it is. Yeah. It looks like a hockey it stick. It does look like a hockey stick. Do you guys not have that? We don't have hockey sticks here. I can't even wait to see how you guys long divide. <laughs> it's it's pretty cool. It's I'm the, just saying it's American, dude. Well, sure. Yeah, it's it's, it's it, an oppressive way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're holding those fours down. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so we divided up the land. <laughs> so in this documentary, like, what is what compels you about this documentary? I mean, what is it that you love so much about it? I think I think it is going back to the behind the scenes and seeing the cuz I love the characters of the Muppets but I I want to see who's behind them who created them and how um kind of how they work and how they look and cuz you get to see when you watch like someone like Frank Oz do Fozzie you you kind of don't realize that his hands it he's putting his hands in Fozzie's hands and so the mannerism in which he speaks is actually how Frank Oz would speak so you're oh, actually yeah. watching this person, the the motions that they would go through in everyday speech pattern, but you don't really realize it. And then you see that, you see the human being in there. Yeah. And then it kind of all clicks together. And I don't know if that ruins it or not, but I do like to see the the and underneath of it. As a child, it might have ruined things. I, th- I think that's probably yeah. pretty accurate. To see the ghost in the machine, you know, the guy oh. behind the curtain kind of thing. Yeah. No, you can't can't want to do that i mean i find the hands are so much more expressive than say for example oh boy here we go well he's got a prop people. he's got a puppet what does when he have got a ventriloquist oh it's no only got oh man like his this mouth up is... and down motion and like oh, what's, the hands really get this ventriloquist doll is blood red his mouth is, is blood red it is kind of <laughs> that is the wait i is that the doll from the goosebumps book I don't know what this one comes from, but like you, you, you can do a lot with this. It's got no. Uh, okay, 
This is great for a podcast that I brought a puppet to a podcast, but um, just yeah, like, like the personality of the hands in the mouth. Like when you think about how much he can do with Kermit's mouth, yeah. it's just all pure hand. Like a, a <laughs> dummy slash marionette, you've just got this kind of like maybe up down mouth motion, and you know yeah. the more elaborate ones might have like eyebrow action or something. Yeah, a couple of eye movements, but yeah, that's just like slack jawed up and down. Yeah, it's, it's so expressive when you can get your whole hand in there, and that's yeah. what the Henson fist or whatever, like yeah. the way that he did puppetry, was so unique. Yeah, yeah. What? Why do you have that? This is also a good question. Yeah, because <laughs> I just thought it'd be fun to bring a puppet to our. Puppet no, we know puppet. why you brought it, but why do you have it? <laughs> oh, this is, belongs to another comedian, and we did this bit the other day, which was uh, Lena and Jeff Dunham. Uh. so it was like Lena Dunham bringing out a puppet. That we called Jeff Dunham, oh, and then nice. the Jeff Dunham puppet would do Jeff Dunham jokes, oh, and Lena so would be funny. like, "I apologize for my little brother Jeff." And then she only paid him sixty bucks for forty-five minutes. <laughs> Something along those lines, yeah. No, actually, we, there's more to it. I'll send you the script sometime. We might do it again. That's oh. so, so funny. Anyway, I thought it'd be fun to bring a thing that would give us all an excuse to do another voice also <laughs> <laughs> during a Muppets thing. Pass it around. Yeah, he you know, looks like, like a the hillbilly. bong. I'm putting the puppet on the table. It's like in that '70s show. It's the bong in the center of the table, and then it looks all the way. This is great podcasting, by the way. <laughs> yeah. This is great audio. This work. is the no- this is the sound of a uh, ventriloquist puppet's head hitting the microphone. Ew, cut it out! <laughs> cut it out, Paco! Well, I don't know if I'll cut it out. Having that in my room. At night would so scare me spooky. to walk around a corner and see that when you're trying to go to the bathroom. <sighs> I would lose it. It's made. It's so weird. But yeah, like I've noticed that thing. Like when I think of Kermit, I think of the his hands are on two sticks. Usually. Yes. So it's just it's so expressive. Just the mouth. Yeah. And like the eyes don't blink. Most of them, the eyes don't blink. His no. deflated anguish face where he sucks in his cheeks. That that's whole... that's what it, when he collapses his fist. That to me is. That to me is Jim Henson's puppetry. It's yeah. just like a sheepish look in, in yeah, in yeah. one crunched up face of a Muppet. Do you think they could replicate that today, the Muppet Show for kids, and have the same impact? I think they are rebooting. Well, they're, they're rebooting. They're it rebooting for ABC. the Muppet Show. I am interested to see how it will be. I. It was funny because I was starting to. I was reading like quotes from Frank Oz about. Um, why he didn't get into the new Muppet movies. Oh, right. And he didn't think that the script was progressive enough. He thought it was too retro, and he thought that the Muppets were cutting edge and should continue to push the envelope. So he didn't think that they were going far enough, which is... In Takes Manhattan? Uh, no, in the the new ones, the like the, the oh, Jason oh, Segel yeah. ones. Oh, oh, oh. Because yeah, they asked no, him... They were, those are fluffy... They had a rap in it, for God's sakes. Like, yeah. I don't... I didn't see the second one. First one, I gave I gave it a pass. I checked it out in the theater, and yeah. I was like, you know what? I have so much goodwill for this franchise yeah. Yeah. that I'm willing to same. go along. Same. I did the same. And, like, it, I was, like, re- recognizing, okay, it's going to be this new Apatow flavor type Muppet thing. And yeah. just going in knowing that. I thought they handled it well. But it's interesting, yeah, not having Frank Oz be involved seems like such a blow. I took my ex-girlfriends, five-year-old and seven-year-old, to go see that, and they were bored. Yeah. So, like, that tells you (laughs) something. Like, and I... I went with someone who was, like, I think, like, 26 at the time and did not... She was like, I guess this is for your generation. Oh, snap. So, which is also true. I was going to say, also, I remember... Very distinctly, that Raquel Welch spider dance. <gasps> that Me was too. a formative moment oh, man. in they, a young man's life. That's the thing. It's like... Me too. What, you bring in like Ty Burrell to do a crappy Russian accent or yeah. whatever for the new ones, and then you have Raquel Welch, and the guy in the spider costume was like an actual Russian ballet dancer. Yeah. Like, like from their from their national ballet company. Yeah. To do a spider, and like I just the care that they used to put into it right, right. versus the entertainment factor that they now put into it, I think is so different. That's why I wonder if that would be the real dark side of it is what was, was there some financial point where they're just like, this is too expensive to make. We need to stop. Well, in back. The- but there was so much merchandising that yeah. it had to be such a yeah. huge empire. I don't see how it, it's just, the, unfortunately the fact that he died, I feel like he would have kept a very strong hold on the quality. He still sold it to Disney before he died. Okay. 
which well, he knew he was sick though, right? He, um, I don't know if that was the cause, but he was, yeah, probably uh, he was pretty sick at the time. What? But he did the, sorry, he did the 3D Disneyland ride before he was working on that before he passed and away. What year did Jim Henson pass away? 90? 90, yeah, it was, was early 90s. Yeah, he was yeah. 53. Jeez, that is way too young. I can't, I, I wonder what the empire would be like now. I this is a weird segue and we'll get back to the documentary, but there was a time when I was driving down uh, Mission Street in probably 99 or 2000 here in San Francisco. And I was watching as these guys on a giant billboard were replacing a Kermit billboard Mm -hmm. with a uh, I think it was an Apple billboard that had Kermit and they're replacing it with like maybe a, another Apple billboard that had Albert Einstein and their faces were, it was half Kermit and half <laughs> Albert Einstein. Yeah. They were, they were getting rid of one and putting in it. I had at that time, wish I had had a camera. Yeah. Now I would have been able to take a picture of it, but it was so cool and startling to me and so neat. It was just one of the many Muppet things. I, I, I wonder if you could find that same billboard. Cause I bet they're both still on there. Just been pasted over. If you oh, could go yeah. down layer by layer and yeah. pull that back out. Yeah. It was like mission in fifth. So, so maybe right, somebody that, that was that think different campaign. Yeah, right? the, the think, think different. different oh yeah, um, but this documentary, like, there's so much because, like, again, like you said, when they go to the wide shots and they do the reveal of the puppeteers, and you realize that they are watching, so they're w- mirroring. They're, it's a mirror effect because they're watching monitors yeah. of themselves with their hands through a couch and and these gigantic uh, microphones and these gigantic cans that they have in there. Like, how difficult... The level of difficulty is so incredible. Yeah, like, what your body has to do versus what you're watching versus what everyone else is seeing is all disconnected and yet still has to be the same. Like, to me, when you're speaking and you have to make your mouth move, but you're also using your other hand to like touch your face or make motions but you're doing it in the opposite way like that's crazy how much your mind has to work for that and yeah. then maybe sing in a character's voice yes as well it's it's baffling how talented they are yeah there's a one woman who was trying to do like two different characters with each hand and she kind of talked about how she couldn't get it right i'm like oh that's like it's like drummers or it's like yes. being like performing a steve reich piece or something it's like you know like you have to do these two different tempos or something like yeah. that. it's really is like a lot of coordination and it's yeah there's also some full body puppets that they didn't get into the details of i mean like your big birds and yeah whatnot. big Those birds like and your full snuffy encased, encased body puppets but i remember watching the muppet movie as a kid and just when they'd show the scenes of like i didn't even get this one joke like uh like there's a scene in the muppet movie where Kermit's feet are shown, and it's where he's riding dancing. the bike. Oh there's, no, where he's riding the bike. That scares the hell out of me. Dancing it scares me so much. Wait, what does <laughs> when Kermit rides a bike? <laughs> it does. Why? It scares me. It's like how do they do? That? I don't know how they did it. It's creepy. Yeah, I was like, I don't. There's. It's a huge fixed gear bicycle. Uh, there's you can't see any strings. There's nobody on set. Like it makes me crazy. There's no green screen in that era too. Yeah. Whew. It's weird. Yeah, like I didn't think about it. It's a fixed gear. Yeah, yeah he's a fixed. I can't he's ride a fixed gear bicycle. <laughs> I am a human. Yeah, right. <laughs> with bones and stuff. Yes, yes. I mean, I thought with it was bones. maybe a thing where like the the pedals are moving his knees for him. But um, but there's a there's a bit in that they reference in of Muppets and Men, which is he, he's supposed to be tap dancing, oh, yeah. and then just the camera just keeps focusing on his face, and there's just a bunch of camera effects on his face yeah. but you never see his feet and it's hilarious i never that's one of those jokes i wouldn't have picked up on as a kid yeah then now it's just that's so funny yeah. it's how, to be like so this funny. is how i tap dance and just yeah. never show his never feet it all. so silly yeah those guys were so and they did a show a week that's something i didn't know i didn't realize yeah that they did a show a week that's like well first first of all saturday night live levels and also so much better than saturday night live both yeah. the variety show, yeah. Both done in a week. Obviously, not filmed live. You know, the Muppet Show, but still, like. Yeah. Plus, they were doing stuff for Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Plus, they were still doing Sesame Street right. on the side. They were doing. Uh, were they doing guest appearances on Saturday Night Live? What were they doing? Um. Saturday yeah, they Live? would do the. Oh, uh, was it Gore? Gore? Gorth? Gorth? Uh, they had like this other land, and they were monsters that would come out of a, um, uh, like a file cabinet. It was really weird, but they uh, and they would just have like conversations about what was happening. I love in the seventies, early eighties, esoteric, metaphysical 
comedy that they would do on television at that time. Do you think that was like because it was a post hippie era? Yeah. And like that sensibility like just bled into There was an intellectualism TV. behind it. There was actual yeah. a studied intellectualism behind comedy at that time. I mean the fact that Steve Martin was selling out arenas that's in seventy nine with a guy that put an arrow through his head and stuff like that just tells you what a crazy era that was. To, to have the Muppet Show be debuting at like number one, yeah, uh, and Miss Piggy being on the cover of People magazine, a, a number of magazine, like a sex symbol of sorts, <laughs> yes. which is so weird to me. Yeah, it's like when they put like Marge Simpson like in sexy. It's just like yeah. I kind of like it. And, and <laughs> a lot of people do. I, that's I, a, that is a I, common thing. I, think. I get it. <laughs> it's not real, but I get what's happening. I remember uh, this is something I don't think I've ever told anyone. So you're welcome. Well, exclusive. Um, but I remember having a crush on Bugs Bunny's girlfriend when they were doing the Robin Hood uh, cartoon. Yeah. When they were so Bugs uh, was Robin Hood, I think. Yeah. And he had a there was a girl involved. Daffy was Little John and Porky was Fred right. Tuck. Yeah. Um, who... You're going to say that you really liked Babs Bunny. Is that... No, Babs Bunny is... Babs Tiny Toons. Tiny Toons. But didn't... Or, or just the transvestite Bugs Bunny. I think it was the transvestite Bugs Bunny. Yeah, yeah. That you, were, Maybe. That you had. <laughs> <laughs> Not, a lot of... Rockin' bod. Yeah. A lot of Rockin'. women, I think this has come up in other areas, a lot of women are really into that. Disney Robin Hood Fox. Oh man, that is Oh no, oh my god, that's who it was. It was the Robin Hood Fox, not oh, the, the Bugs Bunny. The Maid the Maid Marion one? Yes. The Maid Marion. My yes. wife loves the Robin Hood Fox. A I lot don't... of people love that Robin Hood Fox. That's a lot what of a... girls who... have that is like Whoa. an early like it's like it's like the Han Solo thing or yeah. something. Because uh, he there's a woman there's a woman fox in yeah, that yeah. One. yeah, his love interest. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, Maid who, that's who I was really digging at that. She time. was beautiful. She's, she wore a lot of like see-through fabrics yeah. not to like her bodice but just like flowy super flowy yeah flowy um, we've created a generation of furries yeah yeah pretty, well pretty, there's probably I, a lot of kids growing judge. up masturbating on their kermit dolls too or something I, not that i did I <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry in the vein of that this this is what i've really loved about kermit is that he was the biggest commitment phobe Oh, yeah. he, like they they talked of I was watching this one clip on the Muppet show and someone came up and they're like, hey, I heard you're marrying Miss Piggy. And he's like, no, 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 I'm not. No. Yeah. No, yeah they're congratulating <laughs> on his yeah. engagement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Literal side piece. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, no, we're not. No, no, we are oh, not doing that. Right. And I was like, this guy is so afraid of marrying this woman yeah. or this pig, I guess. Yeah. That's where we get it. Yeah, right. I want to know. Uh. Let's go around the room. I want to know who you identified the most with in the Muppet Show. Wait, which character? Let's start with uh, John. Oh man, I I want to say Fozzie because he's a comic, but I think it's got to be like uh, Stantler and Waldorf. Oh wow! Because uh, they were just it. What What I loved is that they hated the show. And they were in the balcony, the most expensive seats for every single one. Uh, yeah, like they just like bought the box, yeah. and they're like, "Well, we spent the money." Yeah, but I just thought they were the funniest and the most sarcastic, and like the best. I, I thought they were some of the best written characters. Oh, yeah. So I think I liked them the best and thought of them. Is it the not most. true that they ended each episode? Did they not get the last word in on? Oh, I think they did. Most yeah, likely, they yeah. The balcony joke at the end. There was always yeah, a balcony nice joke. Nice tag. Then they'd go to the uh, the end. They're also human of all mm-hmm. the other... I think Scooter could be human. It's never clear what Scooter is. Um, Bunsen Honeydew and Scooter are the closest to human. Uh, the well, chef, I think, is oh, right. he's oh, technically human. He has actual human hands, That's which right. also kind of scared me oh, as a kid. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's Henson's hands because he's actually handling all this like food. Yeah, stuff he has to like stir stuff and like yeah, yeah. grab <laughs> rice or whatever he's doing. Yeah. Okay, George, uh, I'm gonna say I have been asked this question before years ago, and I said I aspired to Rolf. Yeah, but I don't know if I've actually achieved Rolf. Rolf the dog. But I think Rolf is a good goal. Yeah, as a spirit Muppet, I think Rolf is a good with goal. your spirit animal Muppet. It'd be Rolf. It'd be Rolf. I guess that's what I was at least uh, uh, aspiring to. Is it because you you grew up playing the piano? And I didn't play the piano. It was because I think of him as being, he's like you know a little bit casual, but. Uh, He's like he's a good. He's just kind of like along for the ride. Yeah, you know. And he's. Just, I'm just gonna play something in the background. And he just has this funny like little flop. 
He his does little head flop. flop yeah, his ears are his ears cute ears little are head fun. flop. He does have a cute head flop. For me, it was always Kermit. I always loved yeah. Kermit the Frog, and I, I think watching that documentary, like one of the favorite, one of my absolute favorite things to do is to produce yeah. shows. Yeah, and and I, I think it might go back to watching loving Kermit yeah. and watching him to be a showrunner. He's the glue. He is the glue, and I love doing that stuff as well. Yeah, you're right. Like, there's sort of like not this sort of early period of meta stuff about show business. This is the most like specifically meta show business show. I think as a kid that you can see. Well, years before Larry Sanders, you yeah. Know, like you know, it did the behind the scenes show of a show. That's that's really accurate, actually. Like the it was like yeah, puppet Larry Sanders or Larry Sanders was a human. Muppet show, I guess. Yeah, that's, I think, more accurate. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's such a good, I think that's so good because, like, they, I, they did that, like, all the time where they would screw up and, like, drop the curtain wrong. Yeah. And, like, nothing, nothing ever actually worked out no. well on the Muppet yeah. show. They always were doing it wrong. Well, it was like civic theater. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, I, how, I, did any of them get paid? I don't know. Well, he paid, he ended up paying Scooter because he gave him 20 bucks a week. Which is funny because Scooter's, Uncle, I think, owned the theater. Yeah, <laughs> I, this is also where I do think that the the reboot movie does kind of make it about show business again. Yeah. So I think in that way, it's a little bit truer to it's referencing back to the show in mm-hmm. a way that maybe the movies didn't. Like it's like we're gonna go steal jewels in New York. It's like right. not yeah. the spirit of the show. Show. Yeah. So I think I mean it. It feels like that movie, for all its flaws, feels reverent. Yeah, it definitely feels definitely reverent. it's reverent. It's a little lazy writing when they had a you have to raise money for your. Th- I mean, yeah. it's been done. I, oh, that's been done forever. I d- yeah. yeah, I did. I did like the angle that they were. It just had been time had passed. But yeah, it was just it just seemed sloppy. Yeah. It just seemed e- that what they were doing was easy, and they're like, okay, well, we'll make this into a a huge number, and it's just like, yeah, but the dialogue still is or sucky. It just ends up being like a bunch of eighties jokes. Yeah, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Well, I mean, the original Muppet Show is obviously a vehicle for some really talented genius like comedians to espouse their thoughts and opinions and jokes. Yeah, you know, and then the the newer ones are basically like, this is about a Muppet. Yeah, like, well, no. You once you start introducing all the new Muppet, like the oh, yeah. new Muppet that was sort. Sword of a human, but all, that storyline didn't even make sense. No, yeah. he's like he's my brother, but also he's felt. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What? what? No, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, so it just violates some sort of basic principles of yeah. the world that are never have never been explicit because there's humans. There's like why is Roger Moore talking to these guys? Yes, but there's sort of yeah. I see what you're saying. Like it. I have not gone back to this. Has now become a critique of the Muppet reboot yeah, uh, with Jason Siegel. Well, there's but. been so many reboots because even the Muppets tonight, when they brought in the like Arsenio Hall character, like the guy with the dreads, oh, the like purple that's, guy. That's they introduced that guy. Though. Yeah, that was okay. a whole new character, and he was awful. Like he was a terrible. Eighty nine. Yeah, I think so. It, it was when I, I remember watching it with my parents, and they were really excited about it. And we weren't <laughs> like they thought it was going to be great, and then it wasn't. And I did see that some of the Muppet stuff that was shot for that time period was shot in Toronto. I don't yeah, know uh, why uh, they why they chose to do that there? But. Um, I think because uh, nobody wanted it here. The Muppet Show they didn't want the Muppet Show, so they uh, they paired with uh, BBC and then shot a bunch of it in Toronto and distributed it. So it's sort that of like way. it had become uncool at some point. Um, I think they didn't uh, – th- what was I reading? It was like they didn't um, – they didn't think – because after Sesame Street really made the Muppets popular, they didn't think that the show would work uh, for a more adult audience. Oh, so BBC was the right. only people willing to pick it up and give it yeah, a try. Yeah, the, the two pilots, they ran it by uh, networks in America, and they all passed. Mm-hmm. And then the BBC was like, oh, we'll, we'll take it on. And that's why they have a BBC director – you know, and they have the BBC, one of the writers who looks like Matt Lieb. Oh, you mean the 70s show? Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, the 70s show, yeah. And then Fraggle Rock ended up getting picked up by HBO, or distributed by HBO, which is so... That's incredible. Yeah, which is crazy. They uh, some Somewhere I read that they intentionally made Fraggle Rock to be a, an international market sort of thing that could work internationally. That makes sense, because it does. Yeah, it, it was just songs about friendship and tolerance and, yeah. like learning like it wasn't specific to really anything but it was i think yeah i think it worked in every market across america bp supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing jobs like building grid scale solar energy in ohio and 
producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M. Com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. So I feel like the takeaway from a lot of this is that we all just wish like Jim Henson had been able to be around to yeah. steer the ship. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe I, even his son felt that way. I, sure. I I wonder. I wonder what Brian Henson, like how he's aligned with the original Henson views. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if he carries over what his father kind of thought and... The how it is progressive and but still very adult in its humor. I feel like he, I went so I went and saw uh, the Muppet Show on stage, the musical. Oh yeah, at the ACT here mm-hmm. in town, and Brian Henson was there, and all the was all he the, doing Kermit? He no Kermit. The the old characters were not a part of it. Um, there are new new characters. Oh okay. Uh, but it was live, and they were watching monitors. You got to see them do it. I mean, they're all dressed in show black, but like, yeah. you got. And then they had a Q and A afterwards. Was it? A, did you like it? Was it a good show? I thought it was amazing. Yeah, because I've, I've again, I've always been a huge fan of the Muppets, and I love puppeteers. And yeah, it was really cool. And to, everything they did was backwards. So they walked backwards when the puppets were going forward. They were walking backwards so they could watch the monitor, which had them backwards. That's and, so crazy. Yeah. So they so they had to turn their hand they, around yes, that way, That's facing the nuts. audience with their back facing the audience, watching the monitor that showed them from the front. It was, but they had the, the huge monitor, so the audience could see them as well. Do mm-hmm. it, so that was part of the show. And then they would, it was kind of improv as well. So yeah. it was an improv show, and they would, we, they had these characters that. Oh wait, wait, what was the name of? I wrote it down. Uh, the characters that were that you could just put eyes on. Oh, the, the, bl- the generic, yeah, the blank generic. ones, the blank ones. Yeah. Um, they had a bunch of those on stage. Uh, what not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what that not? sounds about right. And they had a bunch of those on stage on like bleacher seating, and they would run and grab one, then stick some eyes on them and stuff, and some hair, and then they would come and be part of the scene. I ho- I hope that's what the new Muppet Show is is more improvised because I think that's. I think that is the new level of comedy. Yeah. I think that's the way shows are going. Anyway, like you look at the league, it's like mostly improvised oh, yeah. shows and things like that. And I, I think that would be a, the best way to take it. There is a show going. It's undateable. I think it's going to be live. Oh, they're doing a live one. A live se- season. Like oh, a whole be, season. It's going to be t- taped live because they did. Uh, they did a couple of Thirty Rocks live, right? As well, and I think. I think that's fun. I think that's Me a whole too. lot of fun. Although I've always said I knew how to fix Saturday Night Live by just not making it live. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would... Their film sketches are the best ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you yeah. did them all like that. Yeah. <laughs> and if people had time to rehearse a little bit and memorize some lines and not stare at cue cards the entire time. Yeah. But um, I do want to talk for a second about the new ABC show that you brought up. Yeah. Do you want to run us through that a little bit? How much do you know about it? I don't know much about it. I've really only heard about it in the past couple of weeks, but I don't know who's involved and what the level of involvement in the actual Muppet house is going to be. I think it's Brian Henson is bringing and it's supposed to be geared for adults. It's, I think, going to be at night. It's a prime time. It's prime time. I hope so. Yeah. It's... I just hope they do it right. Right? Was he not involved in the new Muppet movie? I I think I would have to. I don't know. I would. I I would. I'm gonna have to say yes. I think because I feel like it all that runs through the Henson. Yeah, he's estate. the CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, the, and anything they do Muppet wise probably goes through him. Um, I, it seems like at the Q and A that I saw, uh, a lot of times he talked about the respect that he had for his dad and and that the show and the Muppets in general and trying to keep all of that alive. Yeah. So 
hopefully the ABC show won't dumb it down. And it's like, it's not, a, it's, you know, it's one of those things where satire is really tough for American audiences. Yes, absolutely. It, right. And so like, it's like nowadays people are like, oh, it's all about the Muppets. It's like, no, it's about the message. Yeah. It, it's it's not about the Muppets. They're you know? making, they're a vehicle. They want to, yeah, they want to give you behind the scenes look at show business or whatever they want to do. I wonder if they would take it in a more political that would be direction amazing. would be so, that w- again, that would be so interesting to see like. Fozzie talking about these real time uh, like issues that the, the, yeah. the country's having. I don't even. Well, I just to answer the question, I just checked on what Wikipedia has to say. Uh, the the announcement that was just made the other day, the primetime TV series, co curated by Bill Prady and Bob Kuschel, directed by Randall Einhorn. Don't know what mm. all of that means, but uh, <laughs> uh, they also had a bunch of shorts on Disney. That were came out this year. All oh, right, so and Disney still owns. Yeah, they own oh, it. Yeah. Right. So that's Bill Prady was commissioned to write the script for the Muppet Show pilot with the working title Muppets 2015. That's what this sh- show probably is. That's a terrible so, name. But, so, uh Well, I mean, that's not that was a yeah. like, working title, <laughs> but it's be, gonna have the Disney ver- like film on it, right? Because ABC is owned by Disney, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So it's all within the Disney vertical. I don't know integrated. how I feel about this because yeah. they are, they're a money factory. Yeah. They're not about the creative integrity no. of the Muppets. They're about, Hey, can we pump this franchise to yes. kids now? It's taking it in the frozen direction and right. So let's get some hits. being political and, is probably not going to Probably happen. not. Going At least happen. they're not going to do it. They're not going to do a CGI Muppets because mm. that's, that would be the worst thing to do at yeah. this point. I mean, that's what I wonder about now. Like, is it still probably cheaper to make a a Muppet show in the traditional fashion than it would be to just completely animate it? Because animation costs so much money. But it's true. But once you like build the characters, you can use them as much as you want. Right. And it's not. I don't know. I think because and for time wise, I think puppets are so much more because you might have to do twenty or thirty takes before like. Your arm doesn't show up, or you get the mouthing right, or anything right. like that. But you, you, in CGI, you just set up the scene and you let it run, and then you render it. Yeah, it's so. definitely not a situation like the George Lucas thing, where it's like, well, if he had CGI in like 1978, he would have made terrible all these terrible choices. Like it, it, it seems like Jim Henson was all about, and that's what's so cool about things like the Dark Crystal, right? It's the the actual physical effects yeah. are what's so cool about it. Yeah, and like once you. And this is almost turned into watching this made me also like think about just how there can be good CGI, I'm sure, but yeah, just absolutely. this idea of this tradition going away is very sad. Yeah, about way. like actual puppeteers. Mm-hmm. It's it's a dying art. Mm-hmm. There's there's a couple of schools like the Henson Institute, they do a lot of puppetry, but I don't know anything other than that that would offer even puppetry classes yeah well shit there's a comedy club i think in new york that's gonna have hologram stand-up comics that doesn't so, make sense to me so i mean good now bill hicks is getting booked and i'm getting bumped yeah. off for hologram <laughs> you're bill gonna hicks. be bumped by mitch hedberg it's <laughs> gonna be the worst <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's just that's just too bad um i so let's uh I, i'd like to uh dive into the drug-induced dr teeth band for a second oh yeah. man and how Those much guys. you guys enjoyed them they're it's so funny when you look at that band, how much, even when you look at Sam and Friends, which is um, uh, what Kermit started as. He didn't start as a frog. He started as just kind of like a faceless guy. And then he was with this like jazz cat bald guy. And they would talk about stuff was so groovy and they were like always bopping and stuff like that. And I think that translates into the Electric Mayhem where those guys are on so many drugs. There's no <laughs> doubt that those guys yeah. are so, like, when you look at Janice and she's like, oh my God. Janice yeah. is so oh, stoned. Yeah, she's ripped. Yeah. Like, do you think it was based on a real band? The Dr. Teeth band? Or is it just... I was Dr. John kind of a little bit. A little bit. bit. Not, not Maybe. really. Was I mean, Janice John's... like Janice Joplin? I guess she probably wasn't. Um, Maybe namesake-wise, but... Animal just is every. I mean, he's drummer. Bonham, right? Isn't that John Bonham? Animal, probably, yeah. yeah. But with both arms, I guess. John Bonham has one arm, right? No, that's, that's the Def Leppard yeah. guy. Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm a <laughs> real music buff over yeah. here. <laughs> My favorite though has got to be Floyd Pepper, like the sax yeah. player or the mm-hmm. guitar player, and like I love that he makes an appearance in this documentary. The things that he said was really interesting. About he's like, I don't want to play this crap over and over and yeah, over. He needs something that grooves. And again, and again, you you look at how that is so reflective of 
creative culture that right. Jim Henson wants to talk about. He's like, I want to do something different all the time. I don't want to be doing the same thing over and yeah. over and over. And I, lo- I love how he's humming the Muppet Show theme to Kermit and Kermit starts grooving <laughs> he on He loves it. Because he's, like, he's yeah, so yeah, old yeah. school. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then he says, Floyd Pepper says that he's got a permanent room in the home for the chronically groovy. Yeah. <laughs> they talk about being super groovy like all the time. Like they're, and the stuff like they're, the psychedelic stuff they paint on the bus oh, in yeah. the Muppet movie. Oh, the movie. Yeah, that movie. I think I watched that in Star Wars like so much growing up. Yeah. Like the Muppet movie in Star Wars. Um, yeah. I Yeah. Animal also has such a huge part in the Muppet movie, actually. Yeah. He I, he is a, a huge part of the Muppets in general. It just becomes... Oh, we didn't even talk about Muppet Babies. That show, I never really got into that. That was almost too young for me, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right. Because people I talk to that are, are like in their twenties, when I'm like, you probably don't even care about the Muppets, and I'm like, oh well, Muppet Babies. Oh, yeah, so. that was, and there was like, there was some other syndicated stuff. There was a Muppet Show, and then there was a Dozers Show from Fraggle Rocks that was animated. Oh, okay. Right. Um, that that scene though with Lee Marvin and and Animal in yeah. the documentary where yeah. he's talking about like just relax and like it comes <laughs> to your toes. Chill out, man. Just chill, chill out. out. <laughs> Animal cracks me up, man. Was that, that Lee dude. Marvin or? Da- oh, you're right. It was Lee Marvin. I thought it was David Carradine because of the context or something. Oh, right. right. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It was Lee Marvin. The guest sets. The like, do you like? Do you have a particular favorite guest set? I th- I think John Cleese is probably the ultimate guest from the Muppet Show because he he his refusal to be a part of their antics. I think it, he's such. He's such a great uh, antithesis to everything that they do. Like, he's just straight-laced all the time, and he's just like... I'm not gonna do this, and that was almost every sketch of his. They were like, "That okay, was we a want you. Gag. Yeah, but like that, I've seen a number of sketches like that where they're like, "Okay, so we're gonna have you wear a dress," and he's like, "No, you are not." <laughs> he's like, "We're not gonna do that." Yeah, which is funny because that's what made him famous. Yeah. In, in the Monty Python stuff, was doing silly, the you know, Ministry of Silly Walks. Yeah, and, you know. but which is still funny because he would do the silly walk, but it would be in a ministry format so he was still yeah. very structured he was when he was doing yeah, yeah even when he was doing the silliest stuff mm-hmm. i think yeah i think he was probably my favorite or uh, maybe carol burnett oh and yeah she's just my favorite of anything yeah. ever i'm <laughs> gonna go the raquel welch definitely yeah. did some stuff um but she's super sexy i guess yeah. i didn't Oof. see i don't remember like all i guess it did five seasons is that how many uh, was? five or six yeah five, yeah five. so there's probably some stuff that i just I mean, there was definitely memories I have of visual memories of certain people, like just seventy celebrities. I can't remember. Well, there's the Dolly. Right I remember Dolly Parton being yeah. on, mm-hmm. and John Denver being on, and the Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, you know. Oh yeah, uh, country. You love in the country. Great. Blue Bayou was nice. Oh, that was a that was a huge one. That when yeah. they showed that whole production and that whole like yeah. scene that they the had Rivas, built yeah. for one sketch. That's great. They yeah. they probably it probably took them months to set that up and build that yeah. and get it ready and then boom one song done yeah tear I also it down. think live music in television doesn't happen now anymore other than contests like the fact that they had people doing even if it's a bunch of puppets as your background singers it's I mean okay it's probably lip synced but it's yeah. just presenting music in that way I mean variety shows just aren't happening anymore no you, variety I, shows were very 70s though. I guess you have SNL and they put musical guests on there but that's not in the context of the show right. it's like it's like here's some sketches yeah. here's some music but that was that's the great thing about the Muppet show is that they would put it they're like okay well now you you know how you have background singers now it's like four horses yeah like it, they were just like we're gonna do puppets for your singers now well and they were it shows their brilliance too that they realized that that format was gonna work throughout i mean they started with that format and they ended with that format they yeah. didn't change it you know at some point where they're like we should have real people be guests like that was their format from the get-go yeah and then it became really popular to be like in the seventies, you're like call your agent, like get me on the Muppet Show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who oh, who did I see on there? And I was like, I can't believe there was like presidential candidates on there. Oh, like wow. um, Tommy. Yeah, I can't. Uh, who was it? That's like when Nixon did laughing right, or whatever. Right. Like it's just that sort of thing. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, you know, but I was gonna say like just seven in the seventies, like Cal Burnett. That was basically sketch, but it was kind of right. I mean, there was hee haw. Yeah, there was Carol Burnett. There was like all the format of the variety show, which seemed to go away by the early 80s. I don't know what supplanted it exactly. SNL was running the whole time. I would say SNL is not 
in that vein of a variety of like a family friendly variety show. It's not even really no. a variety show. It's barely a sketch comedy show with musical interludes and a mm-hmm. host. That's the thing, and it's it's only having people on to promote their new album. Yeah, it's not really. I and I, I wonder if that was the same for the Muppets, like. Like um, I don't know, like Linda Ronstadt was like had a new album out, so she did the Muppet Show. Probably but I, I at doubt some point. this is a series of promotional events. But yeah, but probably not in the same way. That machine was different in the seventies yeah. for sure than it is now. I feel like the, like I mean there were publicists and stuff, but right. the cycle is just so different. Now. Yeah, uh, I guess the only thing close to a variety show now, maybe sans music or less music, is just like late night shows. Right, but even if you look at something like Fallon, he's doing sketches and sketches and monologues and music and stand up. He's do, he's got a little bit of everything. But. Yeah, I guess I'm thinking more of like the stuff that was on primetime. Yeah, you know, like there was sort of this big variety comedy move that I think died off in the '80s, and I don't know, maybe it just was like getting to be redundant or too expensive or like the our ideas of celebrities changed maybe by the 80s i don't know what it was yeah. there was like only if you think of in the 70s there was only probably a couple hundred celebrities in total and now and this is another thing i was gonna say about like when we talk about behind the scenes stuff now like everyone documents everything now everyone has you know they this culture i read it somewhere it's like it's not surveillance it's like surveillance it's like it's us documenting ourselves we don't need to worry about someone else a big brother we're just putting all of our information out in the world absolutely so this is like the switch of like also why having this documentation from this period when not everyone was like that is interesting but um yeah especially as comedians too like that surveillance thing we're put we like twitter we put out individual thoughts like mm-hmm. on a, a shoelace or giving like a away picket the fence. content that we're theoretically trying to get paid for eventually exactly yeah. just handing it out for free it's just like we don't even need like these guys are giving us target marketing they're just throwing it at yeah. us we like, all they work don't for facebook it. and twitter yeah it's basically what <laughs> yeah, we're doing most exactly. people think i'm not funny on twitter because i'm not funny but it's really i'm being not funny on purpose so i'm not giving away the gold you just stay you just stay under the radar that's so yeah. just so smart of me <laughs> <laughs> You don't think I know what I'm doing I'm over here? I'm unfunny. The long con. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 I mean, the Muppet Show is such a big part of my, like, I, I remember once I answered a questionnaire, I did a writing packet, and they were like, what were your earliest comedic influences? And it was the Muppet Show, MASH, David Letterman, and my grandmother. Yeah. Those were, like, my earliest and the Muppet Show is definitely like that sense of humor, that wacky, silly, but with that undertone kind of stuff. I still that's still stuff that I love to I write s- and to watch. So physical, I smart which, and silly, it's yeah, like, and physical, physical. The physical stuff, like the karate chopping, and like the, so many explosions. Yeah. The explosion ratio on that is like seventy thirty to yeah. anything else. They love their pyrotechnics. They and it's so funny to watch. And I, I did Henson touch on that, or was that another thing that I watched? Where he was saying, he's like, I don't agree with violence in television. He did say that in this yeah, talk, yeah. But he's like, violence and puppets, I'm all for it. Yeah. I liked, I, I, I was thinking of something you said about like how it's clean. And yeah. It's like, it's the best clean comedy. And maybe that's the other thing relating to like the fact that it's in prime time also. Yeah. Know? There's no, there's like no sexual innuendo. There's other than a spider yeah a pig and a frog yeah that is like it's pretty borderline and even the like veiled drug references of the band right but kids it's stuff that kids are not going to pick up Yeah, that's why it's genius like to be able to write that kind of stuff yeah that is just absolute genius you know like i don't know i think that's i mean to watch it again and then like you were mentioning catch some of the jokes that you missed as a kid like the fact that that still resonates, you can watch it still. Yeah, I had such a ball watching that documentary. I was like, I actually want to watch an actual Muppet show. Yeah, I was having a moment watching this where I was thinking, maybe the closest person in terms of scope of creation at this point for our generation might be Seth MacFarlane in a completely opposite actual you know direction in terms of content yeah but in terms of like created multiple hit shows with this kind of universe to it like uh, his own style of humor his own style of um like dialogue and and animation and drawing and uh but you know but not clean and not really like family friendly and not you know disney disneyable 
Right. Yeah. Well, that I, that certainly is. It's weird as as our culture has gotten gotten more conservative, the but our entertainment's gotten more body. You know. You know. Mm-hmm. Some some of it, but then if you watch like a network show, it's you. There's no way that they would touch on topics. Anything they wouldn't. I don't think NBC or ABC or CBS or any of the big the big ones would even touch anything political or religious. No. Or even touch those at all. You're talking no. about right now or back then? Right now. Yeah. But I think that they would make fun of what the, there was a lot of race stuff like the one they when the uh Swedish chef was like trying to put that lobster oh, yeah. in the pot and then just like a bunch militant, of like lo- yeah militant crawfish militant mexican crawfish with like bandoliers came there's no way that would be allowed on television now no that would be so inflammatory yeah yeah absolutely absolutely um yeah i mean that's you know again that's like the difference of the cultures of the but like so here's a question if the muppet show were to be staged and filmed now you know it wouldn't be in a theater because nobody goes to theater anymore no where do you think they would put it what's oh the like what would be the context yeah, of it what's the environment it's a web series that, like someone does in their dorm room with, I, like, a webcam. I wouldn't put it past like even <laughs> just to switch it over to like an office with like a big green screen or something like that like just to make it more current it, it, it depends if ensign was running it i think he would only update it minor to suit what was happening now but i think he would still keep it in the same realm that he always had right behind the scenes cafes are always in, like sitcoms always love cafes cafe yeah cafes in a cafe r- restaurants bakeries like all the muppets are in the recession i mean like that movie does kind of touch on these things too like that's that's the, the thing that i like it, about yeah. it is to see it almost it makes it more realistic in a sense that it shows um it does show that recession kind of hitting everybody even like in the entertainment industry and things like that there were a lot of parts that I liked about the reboot, and then there was most of the parts that I did not care for. Yeah, I I really enjoyed in of of Muppets and Men the uh, documentary, uh, the Viking epic oh, yeah. scene the that they showed in the Navy. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and doing why doing the uh, village peoples in the Navy, which yeah. is also very and funny. and how they said that was is months. That a legitimate earthquake happening right now. Breaking either an earthquake or your downstairs neighbor is doing some insane drying. I think we're having an earthquake. I think it's an earthquake, this folks. This is a big earthquake. This it is a is big earthquake. pretty big. Um, it's going on for a long time. Let's just take a moment here. This could be the big one, no. everybody. It That's might be, too long to be an earthquake. Yeah, I think it might be their washer and washer downstairs. That's Are you sure? really intense shaking though what was that it felt like an earthquake an earthquake so we're back it was not an earthquake thankfully <laughs> laundry <laughs> It's just laundry. <laughs> if you want to see three men scared of laundry, uh, <laughs> it's like it's the fifties, you uh, you should look at this room. <laughs> We're all sweating. Uh, that was sweating funny. Puppets here. I was I oh, I was gonna like push you guys to the ground <laughs> and then run on your bodies. <laughs> Take Get them, not me. <laughs> yes, uh, I do want to show you guys something. So. I've been an avid record collector my whole life. Yeah. My entire life I've been an avid. So the very first album Ooh. I ever bought. Ooh. Oh, oh yeah. Was, yeah. Was my the, dad had that one. Was the Muppet Show album uh, that I'm now holding in my hand uh, to these guys. Um, Scariest Muppet oh, of yeah. all times. The Ogre. Oh, yeah. Sweetums. Ogre guy. What was his name? I never knew. Um, uh, I know him as Sweetums yeah, just right. from the Muppet Frog Prince. Because that's what the lady <laughs> called him, but I can't remember what his actual name is. He yeah, he was album. his big face. He so he came out ah. um, during the, so the three D Muppet Show at Disneyland, which is really really fun and cool. So they have like a robotic Stantler and Waldorf, and then the rest of it is three D. Ah. But um, and then there's like cannons, there's explosions, and Whoa. things like that. But he comes out as a live real person, <laughs> and my wife has never seen me so scared in my entire life. Oh, wow. Like I like bruised her arm. I grabbed it so hard. I was not a fan of that. <laughs> it scared the crap out of me. The <coughs> Menomina, that was also like a pretty popular hit. Boop, boop, that one was huge. 
and again, like so psychedelic, just like a jazzy, yeah, a jazzy man. There's also uh, Fozzie Bear on this does some stand up. <laughs> wow, and I memorized it when I was a kid. Yeah, I've always <laughs> wanted to do comedy, and I remember. Yeah, it's really, it's really great. Um, they also do. Um, it's not easy being green. Which, what do you think that was originally written for Kermit? Is or did they redo that song? Um, no, I think they wrote that for Kermit. Oh man, I was crying today because I watched. Um, have you ever watched the Jim Henson like funeral? Essentially, um, Carol Spinney, um, Big Bird comes out and sings. It's not easy being green. Oh. It's oh. it was heart wrenching. I might cry right now oh. as Big Bird. Yeah, oh, in the wow. Big Bird suit, oh. kept it together the whole time, and then uh, right at the end. Um, was like, uh, thank you, Kermit. I miss you so much. And then, like, two people had to like help, oh, help Big Bird off Big the, Bird stage. the stage. I was dying. I've been crying. I've been crying most of the day watching a lot of Muppet <laughs> stuff. Honestly, did you ever watch the Jim Henson tribute that they did, the CBS tribute? No. That one we had as a kid, and I didn't really. There were two things that I didn't really get as a kid that we had. Which number one was the Sesame Street special, um, uh, after Mr. Hooper died. And again, it was Big Bird mm. bumming me out yeah. hard because yeah. uh, Big, Big Bird was like, well, um, okay, well, I have this card for Mr. Hooper, so I hope he gets better. And they're like, well, he's not. Going, oh, that's how he's they not, explain it. He's not going to get better. He's gone. Oh. And he's like, okay, well, I'll leave it for him when he gets back. And they had to keep telling, Big, like, Big Bird didn't get it for like four or five times. Oh, they're like, wow. he won't. I'm like, it, even as a kid, I didn't really get it. And then I watched it, like, in the last couple of years. Oh my God, that's so heavy! Wow, <laughs> so heavy. Intense, yeah. What do you, now? Getting back to the documentary, real real quick. What do you wish you they would have showed that they didn't? What What do you What, what do you want to know more about behind the scenes? Of the um, I actually wish I saw them building more Muppets. Mm. They showed uh, they showed a little bit of them kind of in the shop and the eyes and things like that. Mm-hmm. But I would have loved to see the whole design process, like how they. Um, like how they sew the fabric together and how they build the foam underneath mm. and like do they do they mount it to somebody's hand to make mm. sure that it fits properly or do they just kind of cut in a general section and like how do they how do they make those eyes how do they what kind of like glues and things like that I would really yeah. like to see um, I would love to go to the Muppet like the workshop the actual workshop oh yeah I think that would be that's in New York uh, yes yeah I went to I went to one store and they had like a mini Muppet workshop there and that was a kind of a fun hour that I spent oh, there but cool. yeah so did, what did you see what did you miss anybody uh, uh, I, I guess I wanted to see more of them filming the sketches I mean we got to see the Viking one and the couch gag, but I would love to have seen it, uh, seen more of those things, mm-hmm. like like the actual, you know, working. Yeah, it was only fifty two minutes, so yeah, I assume that they put it on, they showed it on television. But yeah, I, they could have shown me two more hours of that, and I would have been totally me fine too. with it. Yeah, it would have been cool. Do you have? No, I mean, I, I guess seeing uh, how the writing room worked would have been interesting. They showed a little bit of that. And like I was saying, like, yeah, I didn't realize how much Frank Oz really was a writer yeah. on the show. How much everyone who did, how few people that became major characters had just started as like kind of like puppet interns yeah. and became like major characters and writers on the show. By yeah, what were they said? The it owner of that character. Takes a year to be able to be competent at the puppetry, to even be like a background frog. Yeah. And then you have to work your way up. And then from, you work your way up. Yeah. yeah, they showed the guy that does Scooter, and he was saying, like, this is ba- kind of based on him. Yeah. Because he started as a gopher, as I a can't nobody. And imagine that, just walking in there and being like, can I work here? And they're like, yeah, okay. It did also just, yeah, it was like, I'm like, this is the best job in the world. I was watching that, and I thought, like, I've had some okay jobs, but, <laughs> like, if you're going to have even, not even just a job in show business, just, like, a job, like, you made people happy. You worked with your friends. You were like make doing creative stuff. Yeah. It was just like this. The, even though it was, you know, life sort of cut short. It was like he just won at life. Is how it felt watching that. And then I was like really just like thinking about that dynamic of him and Frank Oz. Yeah, because that seems so core to it. And just yeah, going back to that original comedy duo idea. It's so. I the one thing I was I was reading a lot about Henson, and I I kind of read like a bummer from his ex wife. Because uh, she was she was talking about how how into the Muppets that he was is that he didn't really spend a lot of time with his family. Oh, yeah. And she's like, the reason that the kids really started to play around with Muppets and get into the puppetry is because the only time that you could spend time with him was when he was working. Oh, wow. So they would get into it and it was very hard oh. for them to kind of do that. And it took a, a while until they got older and, and good enough at it. 
to continue to be able to spend time with them. Such a showbiz story. I mean, yeah. I, right? Yeah. But guess what? Brian, <laughs> <laughs> don't fuck this up, Brian. <laughs> I don't. We're both. We're all looking at the computer like he's on Skype for some reason. Yeah. It's like your, you, like your, your career has been made. I mean, like yeah, like why, why would you want to? I mean, yes, I. His relationship, he's probably had a lot of weird social issues because he was a puppeteer to start with. Yeah, the fact that he had kids and got married, like yeah, that's going to be secondary. He created an empire of like, you know, positivity in the world that's the thing is he helps so many other kids it's hard to imagine that he didn't get to spend any time with his own kids yeah i think that is the dark side yeah of the muppets i I think we've i think we found it i think we did it i think we found the dark side (laughs) of the muppets congratulations guys hey guys we did it (laughs) (laughs) so the very least i feel accomplished yeah i feel very accomplished one question i've asked each person we've talked to at the end is uh could you if you could share either not the best, but a favorite documentary of yours that you would recommend to the listeners and or the gateway documentary, a documentary that you saw that got you into watching documentaries. Um, I think I really, I really like the being Elmo documentary as well as whatever the controversy is behind it now or whatever has come out in light since. Um, and I also think that, uh, we touched on it before, but I don't know if it got cut or not. Um, the the voice documentary the oh right um, I know I know that voice documentary yeah. I think what I really like to see is behind the scenes of of things that I love and see the see the process behind it and the people that are the people that created it right. so I think those two are really um, two that I would recommend right on thank yeah. you so much yeah um, have you ever been to Hollywood Forever Cemetery in L A no I've never been so yet that's where Mel Blanc is buried yeah. Have you seen Mel Blanc's tombstone? Uh, no. What does it say? I've, I've read like, what it says on it, and it has all of the it characters, has all the right? Characters and they're bowing their head. Oh, it like, says man. that's all, folks. Oh, that, oh man, how yeah. do you? That's it makes me wonder what Seth MacFarlane's <laughs> grave is gonna look like. <laughs> it's just a cutaway to someone else's grave, <laughs> <laughs> and then it says "pussy." Thanks, John Chobble. Thanks for Thanks, having John. me. You can follow comedian John Shobble on Twitter at jshobble. And, of course, our Twitter is SupDocPodcast. Our website is www.SupDocPodcast.com. And please listen to us on iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review. Our theme music is by David Siegel, and our producer is Will Scoble. If you have a doc you would like us to talk about or a person you would like us to talk to, please email us at SupDocPodcast at gmail.com. 